0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Basso Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Take a seat. It's all good. Yeah, um, I had in the first service. Uh, I did not mention the first service, but I just feel to mention it just right now. I had when we were in the worship. I just had a picture of somebody, and you are standing on an island, and you are lost. And uh, you were trying to find your way, and you had no compass, and you had no nothing with you, no GPS, and you were trying to find a way, and you ended up, and you're thinking, How, I, I don't know where I am, I don't know which direction to walk to get out of here, and uh, and then I saw a picture of you put a stick in the ground, and when you, if you um, you can actually tell direction by letting the shadow of the sun. Uh, reflect on a stick and the way the shadow moves it tells you which way the sun is moving so you can work out east and west and get direction and I saw you do that and it's like and the thought I got was that you're going to find your direction from the sun meaning that the sun Jesus Christ he is going to direct you and and you haven't been I don't know who that's for but someone you sort of you feel a bit lost you don't know which way to go and and I just feel him saying if you would just come and ask me. He said, I'll show you where to go. I'll, show, I'll give you direction. He said, I'm, I'm the one who will direct you. And he simply wants you to ask him and let him reveal that to you. So if that's you, you simply ask in your heart saying, God, please, I just, you're, if you're going to show me the direction, maybe you've been looking from other sources or other ways, I don't know. But he's the one that's going to direct your path. Um, our world is uh, an interesting place to live at the moment, uh, plenty going on, and unfortunately, especially through media and different things, there is a lot of bad news and uh, negative news. Who's sick of bad news? Who's sick of negative news? Uh, who's sick of daily press conferences telling us all the bad news? Um, there's a lot of people that are in conversations I've had with people, and, uh, and unfortunately, yeah, there's a world, it's easy to get distracted and get consumed by bad news when they're all telling us, hey, there's this many people are sick, and this many people are in hospital, and this many people have died, and, and we get that update every day, and unfortunately, uh, they're not telling us the good news of how many people are actually recovering. They Some of them do occasionally, but quite often they don't, and I'm thinking, why don't you you give us all this negative news when you could be saying, but out of all these people, this many people recover? Because the truth is, there's a lot of people recovering and are not sick, even when they've had the virus. Just throwing that out there, that needs to be said, because it causes a lot of anxiety and fear for people, because all they're hearing is negative, bad News, uh, and um, I just want to, and just I want to mention a few things before we uh, talk about today's message. Uh, we also hear about people that are, you know, in lockdown, unfortunately, in Melbourne and and uh, Victoria and New South Wales and all that. And and then if we're not in lockdown, we leaders jump up and say, "Well, it's in only a matter of time before we will be in lockdown because the virus is coming." That's exactly what some leaders have said. Uh, in my opinion, that's pretty bad leadership. Um, and causing fear in people's lives and not giving them hope. And unfortunately, there's a negative uh, thing that's coming through and that's and causing fear and anxiety in people's lives. One thing that is serious that is coming out now caused by, I guess, certain decisions and anxiety and fear and, and lockdowns and things like that is mental health. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, it's been reported that There is now um, 5 million people in Australia that either know someone who has committed suicide or attempted suicide. 5 million people. That's a lot. Uh, That's a quarter of our nation. Also, 25% of young people are struggling with psychological disorders or mental illness in our nation presently. And that has been... Obviously, that problem has been around for a while, but it has increased rapidly in the last 12 months because they haven't been at school, they haven't been doing the normal things, not playing sport, all this kind of stuff. And so they've kind of been stuck at home and and anxiety and mental health issues uh, have have gone up. And uh, in Victoria... figures have just come out that 340 teenagers a week are being admitted to hospital for mental illness. 340 teenagers. Now that's just teenagers not adults and and all the rest of it. quite frankly, that's a much bigger problem than a virus down there at the moment with those numbers in teenagers. And so so while in their attempt to try and fix, you know, and trying to do what they think's best or whatever, um, is called, there's other problems. And so we've got a whole world, a nation that is, you know, filled with fear, with other problems happening at the same time. Things are being missed, things are being overlooked, and there's a very negative and fearful thing happening. And there's lots of bad news. I was, I was down at um, Cricket with Riley, my son Riley, at a cricket carnival three days earlier this week and, uh, and with some other dads from Harvey Bay and we were chatting. It was great just catching up with them and, and we're all sort of sitting together and all of a sudden one day one of them said, just out of the blue, says, I just can't watch the news anymore. And, and, he, and, then, and he said, I'm just sick of all the negative news. And he said, I just don't watch it anymore. And then, all, then the other three, they all said exactly the same things that we can't watch anymore either. And I'm thinking, right, so there's people, and they, these are three random people that I'm sitting with, they're all feeling the same way, that they were just sick of all this information that is happening, all the bad news, all the negative news. So today, I just want to tell you that we can't be distracted by bad news. Um, that in the midst of everything that's going on, God has a plan. He's always had a plan. He's never not, not had a plan you can read all through the Bible through every generation and God has always had a plan in every situation every circumstance it's looked bad it's looked they've been in the worst of the worst situation God has always had a plan hasn't always been the way people thought God would do it His plan doesn't always sing isn't always logical how we think it should happen but he always has a plan in the New Testament they thought Jesus was going to come and he was going to take over the government take over the Roman occupation all that kind of stuff Jesus said no I haven't come to do it that way but I've come to bring my kingdom on earth it's a kingdom you haven't seen before it's it's a different to what you think and in the midst of everything that's going on I want to tell you God has a plan right now in the midst of our nation in this world everything is going on God has a plan he is not worried he's not freaked out he's not going what am I going to do he's seen it all coming he has a plan and he's at work right now in the midst of everything that's going on whether we see it or not, he has a plan and he is in action doing things behind the scenes. God is sometimes working in COVID operations, not a virus, but undercover operations that we know nothing about, that he is at work in people's lives. So we can't get distracted from God's plan. Now God, from the the last thing Jesus said, I'm going to read to you before he went to heaven, he outlined a very simple plan. And God's plan has always involved good news. God's plan isn't around, revolved around bad news. It's always around good news. About Jesus talked about good news. He talked about what God was doing. It was always good. And so God has always had a plan centered around good news. So today... I want to talk to you and remind you again about God's plan and I want to talk today about good news. With all the bad news going on I'm going to talk about good news. In Mark 16 9 to 20 it says this, early on the first day of the week after rising from the dead Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons and if you Uh, Watch the Chosen, her story is in amongst that. After she had seen Jesus, she ran to tell the disciples whom were all emotionally devastated and weeping because Jesus had died on the cross and and they didn't know what was going on. They didn't think, you know, he hadn't appeared, he hadn't risen from the dead, they thought. um, Excitedly, Mary told them, he's alive and I've seen him. But even after hearing this, they didn't believe her. After this, Jesus appeared to two of the disciples who were on their way to another village, appearing in a form they did not recognize. They went back to Jerusalem to tell the rest of the disciples, but they didn't believe it was true. So Jesus said, right here, we'll fix this. And so then Jesus appeared before the eleven apostles as they were all eating a meal. He corrected them for having such hard, unbelieving hearts, because they did not believe those who saw him after his resurrection. And then he says this, And he said to them, As you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany the." Accompany accompany those who believe they will drive out demons in the power of my name they will speak in tongues they will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous and they will lay hands on the sick and heal them after saying these things Jesus was lifted up into heaven and sat down at the right place of honor at the right hand of God and the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere as the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. So the last thing Jesus says before he goes to heaven, he said to go out and share and preach the good news. Four times in that passage of scripture it says either the good news or or wonderful news. Another uh, word for good news in another version. It says, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel." The word gospel means good news. The word gospel means good story, good news, or good telling. So it's good news. The story of Jesus is good news. So when it says. You know, good news, what does that exactly mean? What what does the story revolve around? It revolves everything around Jesus, about his life, who Jesus is, what Jesus came to do. Jesus loved the world so much that he gave his life. It's the story of what he came and the sacrifice he made for us so we could have eternal life, about the forgiveness of sin. It's the signs, it's the wonders, it's the miracles he did. It's the kingdom that came. It's the whole story of Jesus. Good news is what Jesus has also done in your life. It's a story of what he's done in your life and how he saved you and set you free. That is also a part of the good news because it's what Jesus has done in you personally. And that is God's plan. Let me tell you, that is when He says, when He says, the Number one thing as Christians, as the church, what should we be doing? We should be sharing the good news. When there's bad news everywhere, when there's negative news everywhere, and everyone else has lost hope, when they don't know where they're going, what they're doing, they don't know what truth is, we have good news. The church has good news. And if there's ever a time in our history of our nation right now that we can share good news, it's going to make a whole lot of sense to people that don't know what's going on. They're worried about their future, worried about their health, worried about all these different things things in the world and all this kind of stuff if there's any a moment where we can share good news where they need good news it is right now in our nation and our church us as christians need to stand up and share the good news and be ready to share the good news of jesus so the last thing he says is tell people the good news and that plan has never changed He says also that in there that as you share the good news, something's going to happen. It says signs, wonders, miracles, healing, people being set free, dead being raised, all that kind of stuff will follow you once you share. The good news. That's the the biblical pattern It says you share the good news about Jesus and then as you share the good news, miracles start breaking loose because power is released when you start to talk about Jesus and the good news. If we allow ourselves to be distracted, it is easy to get distracted with all the if you listen to the news every day you'll get distracted and people in conversations and things it's easy to get distracted by all the stuff that's going on and and sort of miss or forget what we should be doing or the message of hope we should be giving to people and you know it's not so much, it's not going out on a street corner with a Bible and yelling at people's scriptures and things, thinking that'll help them. But it's, it's having conversations with people, everyday normal conversations. When you get an opportunity, it's about sharing about what has happened. It's about living a life that actually shines a light. The way you live, the way you act, actually makes, speaks volumes to other people around you. So often what you don't do will speak louder than what you do do. And so we need to be people that are ready to share and, and share about Jesus at any moment. If we get distracted and we just kind of just we don't, we don't do this and kind of just get involved with everything else that's going on, distracted by that, then actually the enemy's winning, that he's, he's preventing us from doing what we should be doing. But the moment we start sharing good news, sharing hope, the moment we start talking about Jesus and bringing conversations back to truth and back to hope and back to reality, then suddenly we're taking ground off the enemy and he is not winning anymore because we're sharing the truth of Jesus Christ. Jesus says uh, this to his disciples in Matthew nine thirty six to thirty eight. He said when he saw the vast crowds of people, Jesus' heart was deeply moved with compassion because they seemed weary and helpless, like wandering sheep without a shepherd. And I, you know, if Jesus was was walking our earth today and walking, you know, our city today, he, I think, he would look up and he would see people the same way. He would see groups of people that are weary that are helpless, that are looking for some strong leadership, that are, that are going, Where to, what am I meant to be doing? What's, what's real? What's not real? What am I meant to believe? What am I meant to do? I think he would look up and see the same. And then he says he turns to his disciples and said, the harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to thrust out many more reapers to harvest this grain. The owner of the harvest is God himself. And he's saying, pray, call out to God, that God would send more people. Now the interesting thing about that word thrust that's used right there, it's the word, a Greek word ekbalo, which is exactly the same word that Jesus used when he cast out demons from someone. So it's like a forceful thrust in a positive way. You know, you know, if he's saying get out to a demonic person that was demonic, possessed, then the demon had to go. In the same way, he's saying God wants to thrust people out saying this is so important that we share good news. There's people that are so in need, so helpless that you must go. You must go. You must go. Just say you talk to a demon to get out. You must go in the same way he so said, you must go and share good news because people's lives depend on it. That's how important it is to Jesus. That same mandate has, has not changed. The fields are still white for harvest. And there's regions of our world that there's millions of people that are being saved. We don't always hear about media and all that kind of stuff. There's, there's incredible things going on around the world that we don't always hear about. But there's our, we, we've got to look at our nation and say there's people in our city. There's people in your neighborhood. There's people in your street. You don't need to try and save the whole world. Just try and just start with your street. Just start with your neighbor. If we all started with our neighbor then amazing things would happen. If we all started sharing with our street, we'd have an incredible move of God in our our city of Harvey Bay, just if we just shared... Jesus and I'm sure many of you do and that doesn't mean you have to go and preach them or whatever way you think picture that may look like, but you need to be Jesus to them if there's a need look for a need and meet it if there's an opportunity to talk about what Jesus has done in your life and share why you go to church then do it but look for opportunities to share good news because they are open they are ready because they're hearing nothing good on television let me tell you and they need good news Romans 1:16, I want to share this uh, verse in three different um, passages of the Bible or different um, basically versions of the Bible. NIV says, "For I'm not ashamed." Of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Why does it say first for the Jew, then for the Gentile? Because Jesus came and preached to the Jews first, then it was preached to everyone else. That's simply what that means. In the NLT, it puts it this way For I'm not ashamed of the good news. So the gospel, then he says, Good news about Christ. It is the power of God at works, uh, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. The Passion Translation says, I refuse to be ashamed of the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ. For I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved, the Jew first and then people everywhere. And people everywhere. So the gospel, the same word for the gospel I mentioned before is good news or wonderful news. It's, in other words, the message about Jesus is not bad news. It's not negative news. It is good news. It's always been good news. The question is, Oh, two are two things I want to bring to your attention. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the good news. Have you ever been ashamed to share about jesus has there ever been a time when you maybe you sort of think there's an opportunity to say something and you sort of oh i don't know if i should say what are they going to think and you go through that moment of oh should i say something and then the the option maybe you know passes and you miss out that opportunity have you ever sat back and thought oh i should have said something have you ever been ashamed to talk about jesus have you ever been ashamed to talk about the good news? Let me tell you, you don't have to be. You know, often the, the fears that we have or, you know, things that, you know, we sort of think may happen, what they're going to say are usually one in a thousand. They're usually, they're not, they're fears that the enemy will try and prevent you because he knows if you start sharing good news, if you start, he'll, he'll do everything you can to play and say, oh, don't say anything. You know, what are they going to do? They mightn't be your friend anymore. You know, what are they going to say? often they'll say, that sounds good, can you tell me more? Because they're looking for good news. And the thing is, the moment that you start to share the good news, this verse says, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. It's not you. It's not your fancy words. It's the power of God that brings salvation. And the moment you begin to talk about Jesus... And the good news, power is released. And the Holy Spirit starts working on your behalf in their lives and their hearts. See I've seen people people come to Jesus, they, they hear the good news and someone talks to them and all of a sudden in the moment that they also they also get healed. I've seen people get set free in a moment from alcohol addiction and drug addiction in a moment where they've never ever touched it again. That doesn't happen always like that, but I've seen it happen because power is released. Power is released, and people over something changes and there's a shift, and over time the, the things that they were hanging on to and struggling with fall away because power is released when you start to share the good news. And so the let me encourage you today that you have a message about Jesus, that if you begin to share that in an opportunity, when you get to share that. that that power is released, God backs you up. It's like there's, there's an ease, there's a flow that just happens, is released and their heart suddenly, the hardest heart can suddenly be opened up at the moment you start to share about Jesus because the reality is it's not you, your power or anything, your persuasive words or anything like that. You can, you can try and persuade someone but the reality is if you can persuade someone into it, then you can persuade someone out of it. It's an encounter with a supernatural encounter with God, life-changing encounter with the Holy Spirit, that someone encounters God and is transformed and changed. It's more than just words. It's a supernatural encounter that happens when you share the good news. It's something that, that's, that's life-changing. It's life-transforming. I just want to share part of my story. Is um, When I was younger, this is how I encountered Jesus and 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 when I was younger and um, when I was in year 1 I was down in Victoria and I uh, went to a school down there and I lived out in a farm used to come into to school there and a lot of the kids in the in the town uh, didn't sort of like people or, for whatever reason thought you're a bit funny or weird or something because you lived on a farm and uh, and used to come come into school and so I'd get picked on or bullied by a group of boys in that school didn't have a lot of friends and uh, and I thought and this and I had a terrible year 1 and uh, and all that and then we um, moved the next year up to Queensland Um, and uh, my dad uh, needed operation was unwell and had an operation got through all that and they moved up here whole family and uh, sold farms and bought a caravan park in Harvey Bay and so we moved up here and uh, they were running that and I thought when I go to school here in year two I expected to be the same uh, because that's all I'd known I got here and it wasn't the same I made friends and and it was totally different but as I went through school, because of what had happened back then and being picked on, I had this underlying bit of anger and things. And so if people would you know, say something or do something the wrong way, I you know, might swear at them or do something. Or I'd react in some way. I had a, a fight occasionally or whatever, a reaction to it. Uh, not that often. And, um, but there was some underlying stuff that was sitting there because of what had happened, because of bullying and different things like that. And so... Uh, when I was 10 years old uh, we started going to this church and uh, so I've been here since I was 10 and uh, I've been in I've sat in every part of this church and been to every every section I've been everywhere and uh, when the stage was over here and the stage was here and then all that I've yeah I could tell you where everything was and um, and so when I came here um, I started going to Royal Rangers it's like like Christian Scouts, I guess you could put it that way. It's a great program; still runs in parts of Australia and, and started America, and um, and so we would do these massive camps every year called a powwow, and uh, which was cool. And we what this one we had a state event, and there was seven or eight hundred um, kids there, uh, young people, primary school age and teenagers at this camp. And every night they would have some event happening where someone would you preach or speak or whatever, and some music and a band and all that kind of stuff. And I can remember going into this camp it was out near Brisbane. It was a Saturday night. Uh, I was 11, just turned 11 years old and um, I was, we were in this field. We were sitting on grass, in this open field. They had a semi-trailer as a stage and a band on it. I can't remember who was playing in the band. I can't remember what songs were played at all. It was good, but I can't remember any of it. A guy got up. I don't know who he was. I don't know who his name was to this day. He got up and started to talk about Jesus, started to share about Jesus. All I can tell you is that it felt like everything he was saying was talking directly just to me. Out of a crowd of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, I thought everything he's saying is speaking directly to me, saying, God's got a plan for your life. God you don't have to deal with all those issues, all this kind of stuff. And listed all this stuff. And I got got to the end of the message. And then he got to the point where he said, if you want to accept Jesus into your life, I want you to respond by coming out the front. We're all sitting on the ground. And I want to tell you that, you know, when you're 11, you sort of got friends and all that, and you're trying to look cool and uh, whatever. And, uh, and I thought, I don't care what people think. All I know is I need to get up and go out the front because there was like, as he shared the gospel, see, power is released. And so he shared the gospel and that power grabbed my heart. I'd been coming to church for ages and knew a bit about God, I went to Sunday school, and all that kind of stuff. You can know about stuff, but I, it became real when I accepted Jesus. There was a moment and it becomes real for yourself. And so I got out, went out the front there and I remember standing a group of two or three other kids and I don't even know who the leader was or whatever. I remember they gave me a Bible, we prayed a prayer, but I remember everything was says like God spoke directly to me. And the other thing that happened the very next day is that, you know, like I said before, I'd, you know, I'd swear and stuff a bit and things that happened. I the very next day I could not swear ever again. It was supernaturally just removed and I've never ever sworn since. And so and it was like it was like God sort of telling me and realizing that God the supernatural power. And it's like it's like any time i thought about it it's like i couldn't even do it even if i wanted to it just wouldn't happen it was like supernaturally god's power totally took that away now I know that doesn't happen for everyone sometimes it's a, it's a journey for some people but I know other people that have been totally addicted to drugs alcohol all these different things and I know people that have been totally the same way cut off like it's cut off instantly and they've never touched again which is a supernatural thing that God has done it's a, it's a miracle it's a, and so when God says when the, the, the following the preaching the word there'll be signs wonders miracles people being set free it's exactly what happens to people when they encounter Jesus, the same thing can happen when you share Jesus with someone, whatever stuff they're dealing with, whatever stuff that people don't know about, whatever stuff they're struggling with, in that moment of just talking about Jesus and them accepting Jesus, suddenly he can come and just cut off and remove all that stuff in a moment to a supernatural power. Supernatural power is at work in their lives. And so I remember that, that encounter totally changed my life it was that it was moment where Jesus now is real everything became real because we all need a personal encounter you can't talk someone into it because you can talk them out of it we need a personal life changing supernatural encounter and when someone has it they will never ever ever forget they will never they even if they Walk, walk away from God. they There'll be a moment in their life where they will never get that out. They'll look back, and God will keep reminding and remember that time. Remember when you encountered me? He said, I haven't, "I'm not leaving you." I'll, and God will keep pursuing them and pursuing them. And I've seen people go round and round and round, and 20 years later, they still remember, and they end up coming back to God and surrendering to God because they can't forget the encounter of what God did in their life. And so, there's people now. In our streets, there's people in our city right now that God is wanting to have supernatural encounters with. And the moment you share with them, God is going to release power. And that's going to happen all over our city. I, um, I, the other day I was at my mum's house. And I, and I found this Bible that was sitting, I think in my room or somewhere, and I picked up this Bible, looked at it, and I thought, who belongs to this? It's a Gideon's Bible. I got one of these when I was in year, um, I think they gave me one at the camp as well, and I got one in year eight um, at Harvey Bay High. And I pulled this out, and I looked in the front, and it's my dad's Bible. And it was a Bible that was given to him when he gave his life to Jesus. And it's got his name in it. And then on the twenty. 4th of the 7th 1973 24th of June nearly 50 years ago and down the and down the bottom it's got the two people that led him to Jesus Pat and May Brown have no idea who Pat and May Brown are they're probably in heaven right now and uh, maybe he's having a conversation with them I don't know but um that is an evidence of someone sharing the good news Pat and Mae Brown. Maybe no one knows, maybe insignificant people who just went to church every week but shared the gospel with someone. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be well known. You just have to be available. You don't need to be someone well known or think you need to be somebody or be a pastor or be a leader even or do whatever. You just need to be available for God and willing to share good news. And they wrote a scripture in the bottom there as well. And, uh, and that that Bob, which is pretty old and uh, but it still contains the same power today that it did when you read those words back then. And so I just want to encourage you today that it, that we need to be not distracted, but we need to speak and preach the good news about Jesus. The worship team, if you want to come on up. Philippians 2:13 to 16 says this, listen to these words, God will continually, Revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases Him. Live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. He's talking to the church, he's talking to Christians here. For then you will be seen as innocent, faultless, and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. For you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe holding out the words of eternal life. We are called to shine light. Let me tell you that if you were just you will speak and live like Jesus wants you to do. You don't have to say too much because it will be evident to people around you. Your life will shine light to people around you. And then when they see that, they're the ones that are going to seek out and ask questions about why, why are you not fearful? Why are you full of hope? Why are you not worried about all these things that are going on? And at that moment, you'll have an opportunity to share, to hold out, The words of eternal life. The words of eternal life is the gospel. It's the story of Jesus. It's all through the Bible. God repeats it over and over and over, all through the New Testament, over and over again. Share the good news. Preach the gospel. Talk about Jesus. And I'll back you up with signs, wonders, miracles. You'll see people set free. And he said, I will do it as if you're willing to share. Don't be ashamed of the gospel because the power of God